0: Good morning. Welcome to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas. I'm president of Dave Fox Design Builder Modelers right here in Columbus. And just really appreciate everyone tuning in on this August 25th, Sunday morning. And um, if you had a chance to listen to last week's show, I was talking to Mark and Bill from Greenscapes. They're a great uh, landscaping company here in the Columbus area. And they have a nice little showroom, actually, an uh, outdoor showroom showing some of their uh, hardscapes and uh, planting. Uh, capabilities here at our design studio uh, right here at Dave Fox, 3505 West Dublin Granville Road here in Columbus. So if you ever want to stop by and take a look at their handiwork you can see it here. Uh, But We had a nice discussion about uh, outdoors and landscaping and uh, we always uh, enjoy having them on because it's always very informational and I know a lot of people out there through the summer are interested in their outdoors and yards so if you happen to miss that show, you can always go to DaveFoxRadio.com, and there you can listen to any of our previously broadcast radio shows. And just invite you to go there. As always, you can reach us by emailing to info at and there you can reach us directly through email. So today I've got a special guest, Steve Dempsey. Good to see you, Steve. Hi Gary, how are you? Great. So Steve, you're our sales director here at Dave Fox. Yes, I am. Take care of it all. uh, You take care of it all. All right. (laughs) So ladies and gentlemen out there, if you have any issues, contact Steve. He takes care (laughs) of it all, right? All of it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, No, Steve, you do a great job for us and you also are are very busy just engaged with clients yourself as well.
1: Yes, uh, I'm working with live clients all the time on big projects, and uh, also taking care of all the other design consultants and yep. issues.
0: Yep. So, Steve, we're going to just kind of talk about some uh, some kind of random remodeling topics today. Uh, Love random remodeling yeah, topics. Yeah, this is the Random Remodeling Show. <laughs> anyway, we could market that. Random Remodeling by Gary and Steve here at Dave Fox. <clears throat> so... I know we've got some different topics we're going to hit. We're going to hit some wiring, some older homes, some plumbing. Uh, We've both been engaged in this business a long time and and have a lot of uh, experience in a lot of different areas. Oh,
1: mechanicals. Love them.
0: Yep, mechanicals, the things behind the scenes (laughs) that are so important when you turn that faucet on and you have clean water coming out.
1: Oh, yeah, the stuff that we bury behind the walls that nobody gets to really see the art of doing.
0: That's right. You turn uh, the light switch on and the oh, light what? you're expecting to come on comes on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And all so the all, talent to get it there. All that stuff is behind the scenes and so crucial in any kind of a remodeling project or new build for that matter. That's right. But in remodeling it's a little more tricky because all the walls in the houses we're working on are covered up yep. and we don't see wiring exposed like in a new home. That's right. Or plumbing, <laughs> right. anything.
1: And it's all buried behind the walls yep so know, see yeah. the
0: new home builders have great advantage over us because they're just framing the walls and then they put stuff anywhere they want to that's right and then 25 years later we come in and remodel that house and trying to figure out why did they put that duct there or where's this wire running to
1: yeah they like to go from point a to point b real simple and, and then the shortest they come in, And we're like, well, they did that because there was a soffit there or there happened to be a little space or extra wall room. And now we have to figure out to get it from here to here and make it work and follow all the new codes that probably Mm -hmm. they didn't have back then.
0: Yeah, because really floor floor plan themes change over time. I Mm -hmm. mean, the way we live changes. That's right. Now it's more open space, more casual living spaces. So we're opening a lot of walls that 30 to 50 years ago you normally would have had more compartmentalized layouts.
1: That's right. Yeah, we have pipes. There's a lot more walls to actually bring piping down, so they could just bring it down just about anywhere. It really didn't matter, but now we like open concepts, and you got to move it all out of the way mm-hmm. and meet code, which code is the big key with yeah. all of this stuff.
0: So and speaking of things changing, <laughs> code, code changes always changing. Code remodels all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. so that brings us to... Really, uh, let's just talk about some of the challenges people may face when they're remodeling an older home. So, you know, I like to think of subdivisions that are twenty to thirty years old are just ripe for remodeling, right? So those were new builds, and now a lot, a lot of the lifetime expectancy for, for products is in the twenty-five range, thirty range, thirty-year range. 30 years, yeah. yeah. So at the end of that time. Uh, you know, maybe you had custom-built cabinets 50 years ago and they still look great, and that could happen. But in a lot of cases, cabinets, appliances, all those things begin to fail and need updated over time. So 25, 30 years seems to be a pretty magic time. But you can go back to houses that are 50 years old and maybe they were remodeled 25 years ago, and now it's time to do it again. That's right. 50 or 60 years old, or maybe 80 or 90 years old
1: yeah what well, it, well, it just depends on the how old the house is but you know if you use good quality products in the end you know you can keep using them for a lot longer time because yeah. they will just last and they're well built and that's exactly. what a lot of products today they're good products there's a lot of good products out there but the most majority of the products that meet most pommers price points are not the best products you could be using for sure. long-term gain
0: so yeah Yeah, when homeowners are building a new home, usually space is really important to them. Maybe they've got a young family, maybe they're not that uh, far advanced in their career, so money is really more tight in their scenario. So they need as much space as they can get, so they're not going to be paying extra money for fixtures or furnishings or finishes. They just need to get the square footage. Right. But then 25 years later kids are out of the house they have great incomes now it's time to upgrade and and go with really nice finishes that's
1: that's I'm currently actually going through a remodel myself Mm -hmm. and that is exactly the direction you should go yeah
0: good so Steve what advice do you have for those listening this morning who let's say they've got an older home maybe it's 60 plus years and they're thinking about doing some remodeling what are some of the things they should be thinking about
1: well actually starting with that actually it's real simple i go straight to the outside make sure the whole reason why we live in homes is to protect us from the elements that's why we live in them so you need to check your roof your gutters your siding your windows and doors make sure they're all good quality and they're well protected uh, and they're ready to go for the next 20 or 30 years after you get done with that then you go inside and check the bones of the house you know you know, if you have a really older home, you should check the water line that you have coming into the home. Is it a galvanized line? If it is, it's probably already solid, closed shut. If it's a hundred-year-old house, fifty, hundred-year-old house, so you'd want to get that taken out and put in a copper line. Uh, and look at like the mechanicals of the house to make sure they're in good shape, like HVAC, uh, your furnace, water heater. See if those things are in good shape um at least to have a good you know 10 or 15 more year run on them and then after those things are taken care of then i start to get into the meat and potatoes of like kitchens bathrooms other spaces um to do remodeling Mm -hmm. um and yeah look at the, the overall specs for those
0: yeah you know when you're talking about the plumbing and how things change over years over the years uh 60, 70, 80 years ago that was a galvanized water line underground that was feeding the house. So Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, that corrodes and that uh, inch and a half or one inch diameter pipe on the inside now is maybe a quarter inch just because of all the corrosion that's gathered there.
1: It looks fine to me, Uh, yeah, until we open that pipe up.
0: Yeah, but that's interesting. Just think about the evolution of products and materials that we've used in the building industry because today we would be using a copper or plastic yeah, water line because you're not you're going to avoid the corrosion, and uh, if you just think about even the drain pipes where it used to be all the uh, cast iron, mm-hmm. real heavy, very durable, but over time you know we've opened up walls and there'd be a cast iron uh, main pipe that was rusted and corroded and yeah. about ready to fall apart.
1: Yeah, most of those drain lines right where the elbows are, those would. Yeah, but the materials
0: out. changed now today. It's going to be the PVC. Yeah, PVC
1: can last the life of the home and, and then some. Yeah. It's a copper's tried and true to use. Uh, it's a great product. and But, you know, I'm even using it myself PEX and stuff like that and PVC. Yeah. PEX is really quick and easy for a good homeowner.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Steve, so we got a quick break to take here. After the break, let's get a little more into some of the mo- more modern materials and why they have evolved that way. So li- like you mentioned, the PEX, which is a new waterline material to replace copper. Yep. So we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas, and this morning I've got Steve Dempsey with me. Steve, good how to have you you doing, Columbus? How are you? Yeah, hello, Columbus. <laughs> so Steve, you're our sales director here at Dave Fox, and you've been with the company for a number of years now. Going on 10. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And uh, lot's happened over those last 10 years. We were back on Bethel Road then, oh, you know, yeah. smaller company. Mm-hmm. I was new, smaller yeah. company,
1: smaller office. I was myself and maybe two, maybe three design consultants. Now we're a lot bigger than that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, things just keep getting better. And Columbus mm-hmm. has been such a great city to, to do business in. Oh, I love it here. Yeah. So today we're talking about general remodeling topics, and both of us have had really a lot of vast experiences in this industry, Steve. So we're just kind of sharing some of our knowledge and some of the things that we've learned over the years. And we were talking about uh, the challenges of an older home, let's say 60 years plus, and some of the building materials that they used back then, like possibly the galvanized water line that's going from the main water out at the road, (coughs) right up to your home. And it's going up to that main water shutoff that to feed your whole house. So those lines, a lot of times if older homes are suffering from low water pressure, it's because that galvanized line has got corroded over the years. And really, it literally needs to be dug out and replaced. Yep. Just
1: got to bite the big one and get that done. It'll make your life a whole lot better when you get that changed.
0: Yep. I did that on the previous home that we uh, were living in. Uh, Just got that done. And that way, the house is good now for a lot of years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was just out of the house meeting with a client. And the first thing said... Make sure you tell your plumber to use some big pipes because we want better water pressure. And I said, you have really bad water pressure. And we went over the sink. And I was like, let's go ahead and look in your basement. Went down and looked there, there. was a galvanized line coming out of the wall. I was okay. like, you need to replace that. I like, yep. why? I was like, because that's about the size of a straw at this point. Yeah,
0: it used to be a big pipe. Now it's a teeny pipe. <laughs> that's a little straw feeding your whole house. <laughs> yeah. So. so, Yeah, so that makes a, a big difference. So that's one of the challenges in the older homes is just the mechanicals, the materials that they used back then. Don't last like the materials they use today.
1: That's that's true. Yeah. yeah,
0: not that they weren't good materials for the era and for what they had. Like the galvanized uh, or the cast iron, you know, waste lines and stuff. They were super heavy duty, indestructible, pretty much. Oh yeah. Uh, just talk to a plumber that's trying to cut one. Right? Oh yeah, that's. So, you should see the tools they used to break them. Yeah, thing. but uh, they did corrode over time and over a lot of a lot of years. Mm-hmm. So now we're using materials that last you know, the plastics and uh, just like the, the PEX that you mentioned for water lines. Now. Yeah.
1: And, and even using it myself, like copper is, believe me, like a product that I really do like to use, but it does take a little bit more effort to install it. Um, uh, it is durable, um, but you know, installing PEX myself. And like I mentioned, I'm going uh, through a mile myself you know using pex just made things a lot quicker, easier and the durability is there, mm-hmm. I mean, It's a good product. Um so you know I I don't I don't hesitate anyone to use uh, pex. Some of the other pvc products I've heard they could be a little brittle but uh, mm-hmm. over time but uh you know the pex and the copper seem to be tried and true for me.
0: Yeah. You know uh that reminds me of the cpvc pipe that came yeah. out a while ago. And that's one of the things you have to be cautious with new products coming out because not all of them are tried and tested. And there's the CPV uh, pipe that came out. Early, the early breed of that really was problematic. And there are some cases where homes had to be completely replumbed because yeah, that product they were
1: cracking and getting brittle and just yeah. falling apart.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of one of our issues that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis because products are always changing we've got to really vet them and make sure that this is a long-term solution right just like in the shower you know <laughs> units that we use i mean we're constantly striving, striving to find the best shower custom shower uh, substrate that we can find because we know that ceramic tile or porcelain tile doesn't keep water from penetrating the wall it That's gets right. back there no matter what So whatever is behind the tile has got to be completely waterproof.
1: That's for sure.
0: And if that fails, then that shower is going to uh, give problems years later. And uh, we have to go back and deal with those issues. And we don't want to have to replace the shower. Yeah, but just like showers, all the new products, uh, whether it's plumbing pipes, um, flooring materials, wall coverings, whatever, we've got to make sure that this is the real deal and it's really gonna last, because we've all got burnt over the years with products that seem to be fantastic. And then three or four years later, we find out that we're going back and having to replace them.
1: Yeah, I mean, plumbing does really make a big difference. Water is the most damaging thing you can have in your house and you just wanna do a good job with it.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then while we're talking about older materials now, wiring, you know, copper has been used for electricity for many many years, and it's really uh, serviced homes well for a lot of years. And I think if you think back uh, way back, it was just the wrapping, the insulation on the copper that would kind of degrade, but the copper wire itself is really something that's lasted a long time in the electric field.
1: Yeah, and it's still used today. Yeah. Uh, copper is the leading product for all electric right. Now. Right.
0: So electrically, all our devices have changed a lot over the years, uh-huh. you know. And, and there's a lot more, more of them. Yeah, and now we've got all the smart devices, mm-hmm. which are, it's just a whole new world out there.
1: hmm Most of the electric stuff that I see that homeowners are really starting to use now is more wireless uh, switching, mm-hmm. you know, where you don't have to do as much in the way of switching. Uh, you just have a power feed, you have just about everything that you want and then a wireless remote set the wall and you just flip a switch and that's Mm -hmm. it it's making wiring a lot easier for everyone on projects
0: yeah uh just a lot of the smart home features are getting pretty phenomenal now and the integration with your home uh, and your cell phone (laughs) is like crazy
1: Uh, yeah you can run your whole house through your cell phone
0: yeah so there's a lot of uh, conveniences to that and also a lot of distractions. You know, if you're in a meeting and you find out your overhead door's open and you're wondering why, then now you have to deal with that issue. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> with, where's, why is the garage door open again?
0: Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> things just change. And so if you're looking at an older home that you're remodeling, you know, you gotta consider a lot of these new modern conveniences because they can take advantage of all the smart features that are out there today.
1: Yeah, from your HVAC to your lighting to your garage door opener, all of it. Mm-hmm. So outdoor lighting.
0: Yeah. Can you think of any projects recently that you've done, Steve, in older homes where they've used some smart features? Um,
1: most of what I've seen lately has definitely been the HVAC technology. Uh, another project uh worked on, the homeowner worked with uh, uh, wireless or uh, sensors in their for water leaks and uh, refrigerators and stuff like that. Uh, So like, basically it's like a rope that goes underneath your refrigerator. And if it gets, this rope gets wet or absorbs any moisture, it'll send off a sensor to your cell phone that's got a little block in the wall. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's really, really neat how they did that. So that's just another edge of technology that's coming.
0: Absolutely. So, with plumbing, too, and we were mentioning how modern floor plans are more open, and a lot of these older homes have a lot of smaller rooms, and people are trying to avoid that. They want some elbow room. They want some line of sight inside their home, uh, and also more gathering spaces, informal living spaces. So, with that comes moving mechanicals that are in walls. And, um, you know, you've got to consider, well, you've got HVAC, so there could be a heat or cooling duct or return air in a wall. There could be electric running in there. There could be plumbing running in there. That's right. And a lot of them can be pretty hard to detect beforehand, especially electric and plumbing. Usually HVAC ducting is large and you can look in the crawl space or in the basement and kind of get an idea of where things are going or you can look up on the second floor and see where uh, a register is and kind of determine that there's probably something in a wall. But some of the stuff can be pretty tricky, huh?
1: Yeah, electric is... Usually the trickiest, obviously, because it's the one that can go just about anywhere, any way, that's the quickest route to point A to point B. Uh, plumbing can be that tricky, especially now with working with products like PEX that can kind of curve through walls versus just having to take straight paths. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to watch out for that. But, you know, when we cut through walls and stuff like that, there's ways to get around it now.
0: Yeah. So, Steve, we're going to take another quick break. After we get back, let's talk about that and some of the hazards that uh, people can protect themselves from in wiring. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas, and I'm here this morning with Steve Dempsey. And, Steve, thanks for sitting in this morning. Glad to be here. Great. So we're talking about really a lot of random things having to do with older homes and remodeling. Uh, We're talking about plumbing. We're talking about HVAC. We're talking about electric. Who knows what we'll end up talking about (laughs) so uh, right before the break steve you were you were making the point and i'd like you to bring that back to us do you remember what that was uh
1: yeah about trying to reroute electric yeah you know one one thing is that you know the classic was when somebody wanted to relocate electric they had to cut a wire and put a box here and a box here and reroute a wire around it yeah and you had to have a box and it'd be showing and If you're following code, you'd have a box here and a box here and you have panels and people hated it. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're a homeowner and you would do it yourself, you'd bury that box in the wall, which is a big electrical no-no. What's nice is they've come out with a code approved wire splice, Mm -hmm. where you can actually splice a wire and tuck it back in the wall, um, which is nice. It saved time and less confrontations with homeowners when we say we have to put this box here in the wall. You know, that makes so much (laughs) sense.
0: I don't know why they didn't come out with that years earlier.
1: Oh, I'm sure there was a million code reasons why, but I'm glad they did come up with it. It Say a lot. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. And if we think about wiring in old homes, there's hazards, potential hazards in older homes, aren't there? Oh yeah, yeah. So some of these are caused by, as I mentioned in an earlier segment, just the insulation deteriorating and basically falling right off of these bare copper wires. So mm-hmm. you've got that shorting issue, and when you, whenever you have uh, wires shorting, you have a potential for a fire. So hopefully your panel box or your fuse box is up to snuff, and will catch and detect that and cut that break it off or cut that circuit off before a fire could start. But you know, then you got to think about the panels, electric panels that are servicing the home. And years ago, the panel sizes, you know, 60 amps seemed to be a pretty common one, (laughs) and plenty for all the things that people for the few things that people were using back in houses then. Mm -hmm
1: like a a radio radio Uh, radio
0: record record player record player Mm -hmm. tv (laughs) that was about it but not curling irons hair dryers frying pans heated
1: floors radios xboxes multiple tvs every in every room for that matter yeah
0: so (laughs) exactly so a lot more demand for electricity today in our lifestyle but the older homes weren't designed for that that's correct so Uh, maybe some of you in an older home can think about a circuit that keeps blowing and every time you use a hairdryer, the circuit pops. So what do you do? You go down there and you put a higher amperage fuse in that box, which is a big no-no because then it's allowing more current to flow through those wires than should be, and the wires will get hot, and that's a potential fire issue.
1: Yeah, breaker breaking or tripping, as you like to call it, Consider it a warning. Warning, warning, there's a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's why I always consider a a breaker.
0: Yeah. And if it's an older home and you have circuit breakers instead of fuses, sometimes the breakers just get worn out. Yeah. Sometimes just putting a new breaker in there will solve that issue. But if you do that and you're still tripping that breaker, it means you're putting too much load on that circuit. Yep. And then maybe if it's a, a bathroom and a hair dryer or a curling iron or whatever, it sounds like you need to upgrade the, the amperage or just replace the circuit feeding that bathroom with a higher amperage circuit. Right. And you need to have a certified electrician do that to make sure that's all done according to code and that you are safe and that there's gonna be no fire issues. Right. Yep. So what are some of the other hazards that you've run into, Steve, uh, having to do with electricity or mechanicals in general?
1: Well, big one is, of course, switching from most of the time I'll see like 100, 150 amps, mostly telling homeowners to go to 200 amps. Um, but then, you know, most of the electrical stuff I run into, that's a challenge is usually with uh, relocation of electrical service to the house. That's mm-hmm. usually a big issue, especially with older homes. You know, trees are in the way, plants are in the way, everything's in the way, and the homeowner wants to move it over here. Mm-hmm. And the days of... Uh, able to just work around electrical wire and move it later or over you know you gotta move the electrical first or temper it up before you can actually um uh, build your project you can't just build around
0: it it seems to be everywhere you would want to put an addition on a home the meter is there right (laughs) that needs to be moved
1: (laughs) yep that's usually the case yeah
0: or the air conditioner's there or something or all of it yeah so moving mechanicals is one of the big hurdles that we face uh, when we're adding an addition on an older home often. Yeah. Yeah. So then we've got, when we're thinking about electricity still in older homes, we had the old two-prong, okay, two-plug devices. No ground two wire. Two prongs with no ground wire because way back in the day, ground wires, would we just we didn't realize the importance of it. Yep. And people could get shocked in their home but now we've got the grounding wires, the three-prong prong outlets, and one of the things you do not want to do, uh, I've seen do-it-yourselfers do this, is they'll buy a new uh, three-prong grounded club, or receptacle plug, and wire it into two-wire box. <laughs> so they can plug in their grounded uh, re- you know, device or their cord, but it's, well, it's not truly not grounded, grounded. right? Yeah. So you still have the same safety hazard.
1: Yeah, it just makes it look like it's the right way.
0: Right. I, years ago, it reminds me, I was working with a guy in a house, uh, and he was using a wire cutter. And in the wire cutter, you can, if you have like Romex, which is um, you know two, two conductors and a ground wire in the middle, and he had a way of holding that, the wire uh, stripper over that so that it would cut the ground wire out and but you could still use the two conductors and he thought this is what we learned in the old country he says (laughs) oh that is not something you want to do
1: (laughs) not here (laughs) old country
0: (laughs) yeah so it's not wise to take any shortcuts when you had to when it's coming to any mechanicals in your home i mean there's safety reasons um with electric, obviously, it's getting shocked or it's uh, fire potential. Yep. With uh, HVAC and plumbing, it could be just the quality of your air, making sure that uh, you're not breathing sewer gas and that all the gas is being, uh, you know, taken away from the home in a proper manner. And
1: uh, Yeah, that's something that people really don't consider as much. I always want wants to think the plumbing all goes down but the ventilation of that plumbing is just as important because it allows that water to go down your drain faster and keeps all the gas out of your house i mean you have a cut vent line in your house that gas is pumping into your house
0: sure and with today's more tight homes where the breathing air is that the quality of it is really crucial we sure sure don't want sewer gas getting into that yeah because that will affect the health and we make sure everybody's healthy that's correct so it just doesn't pay to take any shortcuts with mechanicals with moving them relocating them upgrading them you know don't take the shortcuts
1: yeah it's best to get just a certified uh, installer to do all that
0: work exactly and you think we years ago back at the knob and tube wiring which was uh i remember trying to work with that many years ago and not understanding it and I somehow got one light switch to turn on all the lights in the bottom of the house, you know, because <laughs> it was,
1: uh, knob and tube is crazy because it would be a one power lead over here and the, the neutrals running somewhere else. Yeah.
0: And it was a whole different strategy than today's modern wiring. Oh yeah. Yeah. But there's uh, definitely safety issues with knob and tube wiring. So if you have live knob and tube wiring in your home, it probably, pay to have a good licensed electrician come out and just inspect it and make sure that it is safe. Because if it's not, you know, nobody wants to take a, a chance with their family and safety. Um, in a lot of cases, those older homes, they may have remnants of knob and tube wiring in there, but they've all been disconnected and there's been new wiring run. So that could be the case. Yeah. Yeah. So. If you're in doubt, you can just have a good certified electrician come out. He can check that and give you peace of mind knowing that your wiring is going to be safe for you and your family.
1: Your house won't burn down.
0: Absolutely. So, Steve, this is kind of fun just chatting about all these random topics, and (laughs) we have one more segment coming up here, and I think let's talk about some load-bearing issues in that segment. Does that sound like fun? Sure. Let's do that. All right. We'll be right back after this quick break. Good morning and welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. And today I'm talking with Steve Dempsey. Steve, you are our sales director here at Dave Fox. How are you? How are you and doing? We're just talking about some random topics having to do with remodeling, imagine
1: that. Oh, remodeling, love yep. it.
0: It's great. Never a dull day.
1: Never a dull day, it's yep. always a new topic, a new issue, a new problem to yep. solve. And I yep. love it.
0: Yep, I, would, I love a job where every day there's something different. Yeah. I mean, I just need that variety.
1: Yeah, I started off as like liking engineering, and always the part I've always liked about it is just trying to solve how do I get from here to here and figure out the problem mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's and
0: remodeling. Every job's different. <laughs> every job. You could do four bathrooms back to back, and they'd all have different, you know, features and characteristics, and different products being used in them. Yep. So we were going to talk this segment, our final segment this morning, about some load-bearing walls and issues with that. Moving the load-bearing wall. So, is that something you've ever done in your life?
1: I've done it a lot of times. Mm-hmm. It's done it a lot of times. You know, it's... Every time we move a load-bearing wall, you know, it's funny when talking with people, well, yeah, we could just move this wall and put this post over here and this post over here and put the header in there. and all It all, all works. We can go around the... Open everything up. But, you know, what most people don't realize is that when you take a wall and cut a hole in it and you put a post over here and a post over here, you've now created two point loads and you need to have more support under those two spots underneath the floor. Uh, Or your floor's gotta be able to support it and most people just don't think about that Mm -hmm. and it causes wreaks havoc on your home because now you're shifting everything. So Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty weird.
0: Yeah, the loads in the home are interesting uh, from the roof on down. Mm Because in in roof framing, uh, the old conventional stick framing, which I still love to see that today, Mm Uh, you were really supporting that roof all over the place. The walls were supporting it. Uh, interior walls were supporting ceiling joists. Uh, you might have had collar ties to help hold these rafters together and, and give them some stiffness. And then we came along with the more modern truss version where it's one long span self-supporting system because of the inner, you know, interwoven triangles built into that truss. So Using really less less lumber, lighter lumber, but, but through engineering, you know, having being able to get the strength that you need
1: and more flexibility with space on the inside.
0: Yeah, when you're exactly, because you don't have to worry about where you're positioning those interior walls. Mm-hmm. So you've got those structural issues with roofing, and as you mentioned, if you're taking a wall out in the middle of a home or even on an exterior wall, Steve, you have to figure out what roof loads are on that wall because that's a huge part of the calculation, isn't it?
1: Yeah. You have the roof load. Well, It's the roof load, the snow load, the the amount of load that's put on that roof, then the roof itself, then any ceiling joists. And then that comes down the wall. And then if there's a, if you're on the first floor and there's a second floor, you could have the second floor floor load Mm -hmm. on that wall. And all that has to be calculated into the size of the size. That's not only the thickness, but the width of a particular member to support a load. Yeah. Um, so that's real important.
0: Yeah, so you've got the beam itself and how far it's spanning. That's right. So that determines the size of the beam. And then, as you mentioned earlier, the point loads. So at each end of that beam, or maybe in, in some cases you'd have the beam cantilever over one end. Yep. Uh, f- for a that. distance, but all through engineering, you're determining then how much load is, uh, is on those point loads and then what kind of a foundation is required to carry that load. So it's really fun. I mean, it's fun examining structures, and a lot of times it's a puzzle, and, and it can be very challenging at times, uh, especially if you're doing large expanses on exterior walls, which are always carrying roof load. That's right. Um, or like you mentioned, a two-story home, Maybe you're taking the, uh, an expanse out of the first floor level. Well, not only do you have the roof load on there, but you have the, the load of the second floor and all that stuff has to be calculated to determine what's gonna carry it.
1: I'm actually working with the client right now. I'm taking out a 30 foot section of wall on the back of their house and then it also turns a corner and I'm taking that portion of the wall out too. So not mm-hmm. only do I have one wall, but I have another wall, all load bearing, all roof, all wall and we have to create one heck of a beam system to support yeah. all that load
0: yeah and honestly uh having been doing this for over 30 years and seeing the engineering coming out today i think in most cases we could run a railroad train <laughs> over, <laughs> over what we get engineered for these purposes oh, so yeah. i don't think homeowners would ever have to worry about uh, an engineered structure being unsafe because believe me it's going to be way more than safe
1: oh more than safe <laughs> actually even better than probably some of the houses are built
0: now so. sure yeah so there's just a lot of engineering a lot of calculating that goes into determining how much of a wall can be what well, actually you can do pretty much anything but some things become uh unfeasible to do
1: yeah yeah a certain point becomes a little bit unrealistic to try and achieve certain things right but
0: But, uh, almost anything can be done and it's our job as designers to really determine what's the most efficient way to accomplish the goal that this homeowner has and they want to open up some space in their home or maybe they're going to add a large family room and they want the whole wall open the existing exterior wall maybe they want it all opened into the family room so we have to determine those loads uh, what's feasible how's it going to be handled you know what kind of foundation support do we need And all that goes into really the upfront estimating and analysis of that project. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So we can't just go meet a homeowner and write on the back of our business card, here's how much it's going to cost to do this. (laughs) It takes a
1: little bit more effort to do that.
0: And I think we really do put a lot of effort into that. Because actually, just describe what you would go through in a typical scenario like that.
1: As far as like trying to put together like a beam scenario, most of the time when we're putting together pricing for a contract, we'll put together all the best calculations that we can do to to determine how long the beam would need to be, what materials we would use, and then the engineer gets his final say. So we look at it from how can we construct this the best way, because if we let the engineer do it, he might not do exactly what we want so we kind of give him guidelines as to hey we want it to be this wide we want to be up in the floor joist we want to be this member and then give it to the engineer and try and force him to create the thickness and the material that we need to make that work rather than just going to him and say what can i use to do that he'll just kind of take the quick road out and say i have to put in a really big beam below the floor and it'll look horrible. And believe me, I've gone and did some remodels where the homeowners have uh just let the engineer do it and it turns out pretty ugly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're not saying that that the uh the engineer is going to uh miscalculate or whatever. We we're going to give him parameters cause, because we're looking at the design side of it and the people right. living in that space and uh maybe If left on his own, he would just have this great big old hairy beam. But if we (laughs) push him a little bit, he comes up with different materials and different methods to accomplish the same support in a different manner. So it's not that we're undercutting his expertise in engineering. We're just kind of helping him uh, get a little more creative in how it's put together, the materials that we're using to accomplish the same purpose.
1: And sometimes that can, you know, if we have to push him far enough, it could mean that certain products to make it work might cause the price to go up. Yep. And those are some things we can't necessarily calculate at the very beginning until the homeowner is kind of on board with everything.
0: Exactly. So. All right. Well this has been a fun discussion, Steve. We've talked about electric plumbing, framing. Beams. Wall, beams.
1: Point loads.
0: turnout out walls.
1: Everything remote. Clogged
0: remote. galvanized water pipes. <laughs> everything. So we appreciate everyone tuning in this morning. Um uh, and Steve, I want to thank you for Participating this morning on our show. I love doing this. Great. So, um, next week, I've got Mark from APCO on, and Mark uh, is a great guy. Uh, He's got a lot of knowledge in exteriors. APCO does a great job with exteriors, siding, windows, all that kind of stuff. So, next week, I'll have Mark on. Uh, Just really appreciate everyone tuning in. Once you know that you can reach us by emailing info at dayfox.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Some some of you may have comments for a new show, a topic, or ideas or questions about something you heard today. So you can email us info at DaveFox.com. I'm Gary Dimas. We'll be back here next Sunday morning at eight.